This episode of the Dental Checkup Podcast is brought to you by Dentsply Serona and Smile Train. My name's Ashley Barber, and I was born with a bilateral cleft lip and palate. Growing up with cleft for me was very life-changing. There were a lot of times in the past that I thought about who I might have been if I had been born without one. And I know that I wouldn't be the same person. I was very privileged to have access to cleft treatment from birth, but going through the challenges of ongoing medical treatment and encountering the world with a visible difference really forced me to find a strength in myself that I think I wouldn't have found otherwise. And I think it ultimately has made me a more empathetic and resilient person than I would have been otherwise. Meet Ashley Barber from Michigan in the United States. Ashley joins us on the Dental Checkup podcast today to share her story of growing up and living with an oral facial cleft. I think I always have known what cleft was. My parents did not shy away from talking about it. I had pictures of me before any treatment and they were easily accessible. They weren't hidden away. I think that that was a really special part of my story because I think some parents, especially a long time ago, before there was a community and before you could ask anyone, some parents believed that their children wouldn't want to know what they looked like before. For me, I think it was just really important to have access to those because it showed me that I was always good enough and my parents were always proud of me before. Ashley is a teacher consultant, co-host of the Love Meets Joy podcast and author of the blog Cleft Love. Around six years ago, a visit to the grocery store inspired Ashley to share more of her story. So I went to the grocery store and while I was like getting my apples and oranges in the fruit section, I looked up and I saw a baby with an untreated cleft. Never in my life had I seen a baby with an untreated cleft other than like in images. Um, and a couple of things happened. The first thing that happened is there was a moment I all of a sudden realized that I'd been carrying with me. Like I didn't know how I would feel when I saw a baby with an untreated cleft, if I would think it was gross or weird or something. And then if I felt that way about another baby, like what was that reflecting about myself? But when I saw this baby, I didn't feel anything negative. Instead, I just was like overcome with love. And I wanted this baby to know that he was perfect exactly as he was. And then the next thing that happened is I um, went up and I started talking to the mom uh, and the grandma who were at the store. And we just had this moment where, you know, I just was talking to them briefly about my experience. And I could see that it was really helpful for them to know that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. So it was healing for me, but I also saw that there's a huge need for especially parents, um, but also, you know, kids and teenagers who are going through it to realize that it isn't forever and that people born with cleft can go on to live successful, meaningful, impactful lives. And so I just started writing. And now as I'm adjusting to new technologies, I've started on TikTok and um, all of those sorts of things. And 
so yeah, I just, that's how it started. Ashley is also a member of the inaugural Smile Train Cleft Community Advisory Council. Smile Train are the world's largest cleft charity, and we'll learn more about their inspiring work transforming the lives of one and a half million children with cleft over the past 20 years later in the dental checkup. I'm Tony Johnston, journalist and your host on today's episode. This is the Dental Checkup Podcast, where we put the spotlight on dentistry and health, conversations, interviews, and debates on hot topics in oral health with prominent voices from around the globe. The Dental Checkup Podcast, available on all streaming platforms and proudly brought to you by FDI World Dental Federation. Also ahead, Professor Juan Pablo Gomez Arango, who is driving innovative cleft care in Colombia. Now, this is fascinating, where digital technology is vastly improving universal access to cleft care, particularly in remote locations. We'll meet Juan Pablo shortly and discover more about the at-home treatment protocol and remote treatment monitoring application he's been developing. But first, Ashley, as you so eloquently described it in the introduction, seeing the beauty of that child allowed you to see the beauty inside yourself and to realise the power in sharing. What is it that you want to share based on your own personal experiences? So my ultimate goal, I think, is I really want to raise awareness of cleft and facial difference. I want to sort of give a face to cleft I learned from a really young age that education really allows people to be more accepting. And I think by sharing my story, I really hope that people with cleft feel less alone. I hope that parents of children with cleft are given a sense of hope that they see that there's sort of a light at the end of the long tunnel. It feels pretty long sometimes. And I want to show people that scars and difference, they're not scary. And actually, they're often quite beautiful. I just, I just want to leave the world a better place than I found it. Yeah, and I can hear the passion in your voice when, when you describe that. You're also a member of the inaugural Smile Train Cleft Community Advisory Council. Yeah. They do some amazing work. Share with us what you do with Smile Train. So, I can't believe it's been so long (laughs) that I've been on the council, but we've done a lot of really great things over the last several years. um, We review some of their marketing materials to make sure that they're sensitive to the cleft community. I think it's also about building a community in the United States. That's sort of been a shift over the last couple of years. I think Smile Train became aware that a community is really needed. And so a couple of years ago, they started the first ever cleft conference for people with cleft and their parents. And so I have had the pleasure of speaking at uh, the virtual cleft cons and in-person cleft cons. Um, And it's just been a really amazing experience. And then, of course, we raise awareness of the amazing work that Smile Train does and fundraise whenever possible. And how is it hosting your own podcast, Love Meets Joy? You could be hosting this one with us today. (laughs) It has been so amazing. I think one of the things I did not realize about podcasting ahead of time was the amount of work that goes into it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it has been so much fun. My co-host Iva is absolutely amazing. And something I didn't have the opportunity when I was a kid was to 
see other people who were like me or who shared a similar experience. And getting to talk with Iva each week is just good for my soul. And I hope it's good for the souls of our listeners as well. Well, I'm going to be subscribing and, and tuning in from, from this point on as well. This is the Dental Checkup Podcast. Our guest, Ashley Barber, co-host of Love Meets Joy podcast and author of the blog Cleft Love. Let's bring Professor Juan Pablo Gomez Arango into the conversation now, orthodontist and professor of biomechanics and craniofacial anomalies at the University Autonoma de Manizales in Colombia and driving innovative cleft care through the use of digital technologies. Professor Gomez is a member of Smile Train South America Medical Advisory Council, Smile Train's Research and Innovation Advisory Council, and participants in FDI World Dental Federation's Digital Cleft Care Project. Juan Pablo, delighted that you could join us. Just paint a picture for us of, of where you are at the moment and the work that you're doing today. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Tony, for that very nice introduction. Uh, right now, what we're doing in in with Smile Train, um, we're in the middle of a project, an ambitious project, that basically what we're looking for is devising strategies using digital technologies that can help us reduce the barriers to access to comprehensive care for cleft patients all over the world. You have a dream, and that dream is for the comprehensive treatment of craniofacial anomalies. What is that dream? Well, my dream and, and uh, obviously Smile Train's dream is that every child in the world that is born with a cleft will have the exact same opportunity to receive high quality, comprehensive cleft care independently of where he was born or his socioeconomical status or, or his, his culture or whatever. What are some of the ongoing challenges? We have various challenges. One is that in the world, there are insufficient amount of professionals that are committed to cleft care. That is, that, is, that is one basic problem. And making matters worse, most patients live far away from the treatment center. So that makes it very difficult for a patient to receive comprehensive cleft care. And remember that a patient from the day he's born until he finishes growing will have hundreds of visits to the treatment center because he has to receive treatment for surgery, for orthodontic and orthopedics, psychology, speech therapy, hearing. So it's a daunting challenge. Even for a patient that lives two blocks away from the treatment center, it will be a tremendous challenge for parents to comply with the many, many appointments. So just imagine what it would be for a patient that lives three or four or 10 hours away. Ashley, what was, what was that like for you growing up? So I had an immense amount of privilege in my cleft care treatment. I grew up with two hospitals very close to me. I live in a college town, so the university hospital is right here. So I was very fortunate that all of my treatment was relatively close. And that's not true for many, many, many people around the world. Juan Pablo, I guess this is where technology comes into into question. We talk about the challenges of, of cleft care, that some of, of which you've just described. Let's consider some possible remedies and the proposal for a two-part solution on an at-home treatment protocol and remote treatment monitoring application. Talk to us more about that. Let's speak about orthodontics just to make it more simple, but it's basically the same in all specialties. Today, 
orthodontic treatments are done all based on, on a monthly appointment paradigm all over the world. Maybe there are some countries where patients only go every two months, but basically it's, it's every month. Now, if the patient lives far away, he will simply not be able to do it. So our strategy is how can we deliver a, an effective treatment while at the same time reducing significantly the amount of visits to the treatment center. And now the solution in our approach is to use technology. And technology can be used in our project, which as I said is orthodontics. We use it in two different ways. We have to, in order to reduce the number of visits, first we need appliances that don't need monthly adjustments done by a highly trained specialist. And for that, we use sequential CAD CAM based or digitally produced aligners. Sequential aligners means that every two weeks, the patient will change the aligner. The orthodontic treatment will progress. But for that, we need to monitor the patient because things go wrong even in these at-home treatment protocols. So what we've developed with with resources from SmileTrain is a, a cell phone based remote treatment monitoring device. So what the patient does is that every, if he's using aligners or the baby is using the infant aligners, what the patient does is that every time he changes the aligner, he will use his cell phone, uh, open the application. The application will walk the patient or the caregiver through a process of taking very specific clinical photographs. And those are uploaded to a platform where we can see them. And with those weekly or biweekly photographs, we simultaneously meet with the patient virtually on a meeting platform and we do a remote consultation, but with more information because we have the actual photos from that day. So basically with that, what we can do is every time we we meet with the patient and we see that everything is complying and tracking properly, we just say, perfect, we're doing fine. You don't have to come in. And usually when things work out, well, instead of in, in an 18 month orthodontic treatment, we can usually get the patient to come in to have to come in only three or four times. And that makes a huge difference. Yes. Yeah. Completely transforming the potential of patient monitoring in some of these remote regions around the world. Professor Gomez, what about for a newborn baby with cleft lip and or palate, where initial pre-surgical consultations can be more than that monthly appointment paradigm? A newborn baby needs a very, very important treatment to prepare him for his first surgery. If that treatment can be implemented, the result of that first surgery, which is the most important one, will be better. But for that treatment, the patient has to come in for three months, once a week. Can you imagine that for a patient that lives in a remote area? It, it just simply makes it impossible. So in countries where patients live remotely, they will simply not receive that pre-surgical orthopedic treatment. Now with this, we give the caregiver a series of sequential appliances that she can change weekly at home. She takes the pictures. We meet remotely. We make sure she's feeling fine. We give her support. Usually we don't have to do anything else. How have you found patients have been responding to the technology, both the sequential appliances and the smartphone application, the smartphone devices? How have they been responding to this tech? Well, it's a very interesting question because here in Colombia... I'm speaking of patients that live in very remote areas. They, in, many are from indigenous populations. Many of them don't even speak Spanish. But everybody here in Colombia, everybody has a cell phone. And even in these very remote communities, 
somebody the the next door neighbor has it or the or the leader of that specific group has a cell phone with enough to send the pictures and do the remote consultation so everybody it's very funny because the children have to teach the parents how to use the application for the photos and i'm talking about indigenous children that as i said many don't even speak spanish but they they definitely know how to use applications <laughs> and and take pictures so it's yes. it's very interesting what's what's going on and and that we're very optimistic because yeah the circumstances that make this possible are only now coming together maybe five years ago it wasn't possible but now yes everything is kind of falling into the place where we need it and and these things are now possible so as well as the the technology and the potential benefits of that what I'm hearing is this interactivity uh, within the family and within the community of people coming together for this collective support and this group involvement, this group interaction, which might also assist somehow in the ongoing treatment. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, the group and especially the family in, here in Latin America, I, I don't know exactly how how this operates in, in other countries, but here and in Latin America, families are very, very tight and everybody uh, cooperates in getting through these difficult situations. So it's very common to have the grandmother bring the child in and do the 10 hour journey to bring the child in, or maybe a brother or even an aunt because the mother has to work. And I think that's very, very important. I think without that, these patients would be in a very complicated situation because the difficulties they have to go through to get these treatments working are, are enormous. And without their support, I don't think it would work. You're listening to the Dental Checkup Podcast. My guest, Professor Juan Pablo Gomez and Ashley Barber, joining us on the Dental Checkup Podcast. As we start to wrap up, let's talk about the four-phase project that you've been working on. And Ashley, you were also involved with this. Yes, I was involved with one of the modules. And in my particular module, there was a focus on the experience of a cleft patient. And so it was very special for me to get to share my experience. I do it a lot in my blog, but to have medical professionals attending and interested in what I had to say was a really beautiful experience. And I think that speaks to the way that treatment is moving as well to being more patient focused and being more sensitive to the person that's being treated. And Juan Pablo, those those four phases of the project, uh, phase one, the digital treatment design tools and, and workflow? We started with the first phase two years ago. Smile Train financed the development of a software that made it possible for us to produce the sequential aligners for the babies. This is something that hadn't been done before. Before this, it was just one appliance that was manufactured manually by the specialist. And every week that specialist would modify that appliance. And the objective of the appliance is to modify the form of the baby's palate, preparing it for the first surgery. Now, what we did is develop a software that automatically produces sequential aligners that don't have to be manipulated by anybody. The mother or the specialist simply has to change it every week and it will do exactly, it serves the same purpose, which is to remodel the baby's palate and prepare it for the surgery. And that is the babies. And we do the same in, in mixed dentition in children. We developed a digital workflows that allowed us to 
produce sequential aligners for these children, which is not a new technology, but what is new is that we develop workflows and digital workflows and manufacturing workflows specific for patients with cleft. There are three groups of patients, the babies, mixed dentition, and a third group, pre-adolescent children with severe class three, which is one of the, the facial challenges that we, that we have with, with patients with cleft that in many cases end in orthognathic surgery after growth is finished, which is a very complicated, expensive surgery. So what we're doing is we're developing at an earlier age a protocol that we hope will reduce the number of those surgeries. So to produce all of this, first we had this digital phase where we produced the software and the digital workflows. Then there was a second phase, which was the manufacturing phase. So here we developed the manufacturing workflows for the three types of appliances for the three ages of patients. And the end result was manuals and, and uh, information that we used to, to share this knowledge eventually with all of the 1,100 partners that Smile Train has, which is obviously our dream that, that everybody can do this one day. But right now we're in the we're organizing the information. Now, the third phase, which is finishing this semester, was the clinical implementation. So we did a pilot in Colombia in three different cities with the three groups of patients, babies, mixed dentition around eight to 10 years old, and then the pre-adolescents for severe class three. As I said, we're finishing that project, that phase at the end of this semester. And the fourth and final phase will be the scaling of it to a broader uh, lever. So we're going to uh, probably do it in two or three countries in Latin America and one in Asia. The idea of this phase is to, to develop the scalability of the project, because one thing is to do it in one city here in, in Colombia. And another thing is to train the people that you need to train to do it on, at a larger level. Yes. How are we going to uh, deploy the resources? Are these aligners are these appliances going to be manufactured centrally and sent somewhere? Or can we get to a point where every group can manufacture them locally, which would be obviously be the optimal result? So in this phase, we are going to work out all those challenges. Hmm. Global interest in this innovative cleft care technology will be high, particularly in difficult to access areas where telemedicine is already transforming patients' lives. Juan Pablo, what sort of timeframes are you working on to scale up? Well, this fourth phase, the scaled clinical phase is theoretically 18 months. Now, what will be the challenge eventually? Because at the beginning of this, of this idea, which sounded very crazy when we started talking about it was we thought it was a technical challenge. Can we develop the software? Can we develop the manufacturing workflows? Can we make it scalable? But at the end, uh, right now, that seems the easy part. Now we've recognized that how can we get this information to the 1100 smile train partners? How can we get the technology to them? Because one thing is to teach them how to do it. And the other thing is, how can we get the resources and the equipment that they will need? So that I think that will be the biggest challenge. As Ashley was talking, she was talking about the massive online open courses that are being developed. Those are digital solutions to sharing knowledge. So we will probably be looking at a picture where we can produce online remote courses to train our partners anywhere in the world in the use of these technologies and the clinical implementation of these technologies. So that's where the big challenge will be. And that will hopefully be happening in the next 
three or four years. You've certainly achieved a, a lot in a relatively short period of time uh, to date, that's for sure. As we conclude on the Dental Checkup podcast for today, when we speak again in one year from now, and I hope we do, what would you like to be sharing with us? That's a good question. Uh, in one year, I, will, I would be very, very happy if I was telling you how successful we've been in um, training our four or five groups that will be part of the scaling project. And I hopefully will be telling you that they are all in the middle of, of the clinical phase and that they are being very successful with the treatment results and with the remote monitoring capabilities. And they've resolved all of the many different uh, specific technological challenges for each country. So it's a, it's a daunting challenge. And if I'm just saying that things are kind of working out, we will be very happy. We just have to make sure we're doing the podcast in person next time and enjoying a cup of that famous Colombian coffee. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Ashley, a final word to share with dental teams around the world working with comprehensive cleft care from your experience. I think just the most important thing as a treatment provider is remembering who you're treating is a person, even if they're very tiny, and that your interactions and your relationships with them have a lasting impact. And just being mindful of that, I think, is a really important thing. And to find out more, fdiworlddental.org forward slash digital slash cleft slash care. And to use Smile Train's motto, changing the world one smile at a time. Ashley Barber and Professor Juan Pablo Gomez Arango, thank you so much for sharing today. Your stories, your ideas, your hopes, your dreams, your vision, and what you've been working on and joining us on the Dental Checkup Podcast. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for this great opportunity. Thank you for having us. I'm Tony Johnston, broadcast journalist, and thank you for joining us as well. I look forward to catching up next month when we'll preview World Oral Health Day being celebrated on the 20th of March. Take care. The Dental Checkup Podcast. This episode of the Dental Checkup Podcast was brought to you by Dentsply Serona and Smile Train.